The following audio is from Foundation Life Bible Church. More information about Foundation Life is available at www.foundationlbc.com. Good morning. Good to see all of you. Good to be in the Word with you and worship with you this morning. Good morning, brothers and sisters who are watching online from your living rooms. Um, Pray that today the Spirit would help you practice the presence of God, practice being with Him, enjoying Him as we go through His Word together. Open up to Colossians, Colossians chapter 1. We're going to spend quite some time here. Um, But Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14 is where we'll start today. And while you're doing that, I'm just going to pray for us. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your name. And Holy Spirit, we pray right now that you bring us to a place, as my sister prayed, Lord, of connecting with you, of being in tune with you, listening, surrendering, receiving what you have. Father, I pray specifically for those right now who are watching Maybe those that are feeling lonely right now, those that are hurting, those that are anxious, God. And I just lift them to you, God. Trusting you, asking you, Lord, to again fill them with your presence. Remind them that you are there, that they are your daughter, that they are your son. Father, I pray this, if there's anyone that is watching, that has not trusted you, that has not surrendered, that has not repented, that has not turned to you, God, and I pray that today would be that day, that by your Spirit, they would cry out to you in mercy and put their hope and trust in you. We thank you and we rely on you. Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Colossians chapter 1, and then we're going to be looking at verses 9 through 14, but primarily um, just 9. But we'll read the whole thing here. And just so you know, I'm reading from the ESV because I know we have different versions. But it starts out here in verse 9. And so, from the day we heard. We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13. 
He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So you'll see on the board and on the screen in front of you that we have a focus, and that focus is prayer is a practiced mindset. Prayer is a practiced mindset. I think it's true for all of us that sometimes we're not sure how to pray. We wonder how to pray. And sometimes, simply by faith, we just bring a brother or sister's name to the throne of grace. Isn't that right? And we trust in a promise from maybe Romans 8, 26, 27, which says this, uh, just an incredible scripture about who the Lord is for you and I. And it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. There's also another privilege that we have and. Maybe you have brothers and sisters that have led you in this way. They've modeled this for you. But we have a great opportunity when it comes to prayer and praying the scriptures, praying the Psalms, praying um, what the Lord taught us to pray, praying the different prayers of Paul, praying the different prayers in the epistles. When what a gift that is. Um, some that we've focused on, some examples that we've gone through together in our time in the last four years, um, Conrad just took us through the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, 9 through 15, a beautiful model of how to pray. All the different aspects of what prayer is and how the Lord modeled that for us. Remember the prayer of Jonah. when He's in the bottom of the sea and he's crying out to God. Jonah 2, verses 1 through 9. He cries out to God. He tells God who He is. He reminds God of His promises. 1 Thessalonians 3, 8-13, when Paul prayed for the church, he prayed for their love. He prayed for their love for God and their love for one another. Psalm 34, David's prayer of deliverance. Facing enemies. Psalm 51, another prayer. There are all kinds of prayers and scriptures where you and I can pray the Word of God. And what a blessing that is. This prayer, Colossians 1, 9 through 14. Often Paul in his epistles starts out with prayers. Prayers for the people that he's poured into. And this is another powerful prayer in the Scripture. And praying these truths, we can be assured that you and I are praying God's will. And so over the next few weeks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at this prayer. We're going to take a look at this prayer in depth for the next three or four weeks. Now, after next week, one more week of Colossians, and then the following week, Travis Hamilton is going to come and share the word with us again. Um, And then we'll jump back in the following week to Colossians. So this prayer is jam-packed. It is full of truths. It is full of promises that you and I can pray for ourselves and pray for each other. 
So how is our prayer life? For some of us, if we're honest, it's probably a struggle. Maybe this is something that we find difficult. We find that our mind wanders when we pray. Maybe for others, others of us, and a lot of times we refer to those of us that have been graced to pray as prayer warriors. But for others of us, we enjoy the gift of prayer. We enjoy that time of going to the throne of grace for those around us, for the lost, for our brothers and sisters. But we know the scripture commands us as believers in Christ Jesus to be people of regular prayer. That's where obedience is for us. That's where joy is us for us. And, and, and I think this is true, that no matter where we find ourselves, all of us need to grow when it comes to our prayer life. Is that true? Every single one of us needs to grow when it comes to us going to the throne of grace. When it comes, when it, when it, when it comes to surrendering and bringing our, ourselves to a place of dependency. So this morning, we have one primary focus. And that focus is, how do I get into a place of constant prayer? How do I get there? And for those of us taking notes, again, write this down. Prayer is a practiced mindset. Prayer is a practiced mindset. It takes effort. It takes planning. It's not all it takes, but it certainly takes that. So we're going to camp here in verse 9 today. That's where we're going to camp. And one more time, here's what it says. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Just jam-packed. But look at the first words in your Bibles. It says, and so. Almost like if we had a therefore or in light of this. What is Paul referring to? Well, if you recall, last week we talked about Paul is referring to or referred to the grace of God and these brothers and sisters. I see the grace of God in you. I see the Lord evident in your life. And so here was his message. We turned our attention to this last week. The Lord is working in you. And I rejoice in that. He's living through you. And I praise God for that. I see the faith that you have. I see that you're depending on God. I see that you're trusting in God and what a joy that is. I see the love that not only you have for the Lord, but that you have for one another. And remember, that idea goes hand in hand. If I love God, then I love His people. And remember the word that we read over last week? It wasn't some of His people, but what was it? All His people, right? All his people, not just the ones I choose. And we have to keep that in mind. And he says, I see that you are hoping in the fact that you will live with Christ forever. You're persevering. You're enduring. You're trusting and the hope about what we just sang about. That you will be with Jesus. So Epaphras, and I find I say this name like three different ways, so I don't know where it's going to go, but we'll just call him Ep, right? Epaphras, okay, shared with Paul that there was fruit in the Colossians church. 
Paul, before we get to the things that we're struggling with, before we get to these heresies, I want you to know there's fruit. And so how did Paul respond? He broke out in prayer. So here's a candid question for myself and for you. Is this mindset true of us? Like Paul, do we pray for those around us when we see fruit in each other? Do we pray for each other when we see that our brother or sister is walking with the Lord? And let me confess this this morning, that often when I see a brother or sister that's walking closely with the Lord, and I see them enjoying the Lord, spending time with the Lord, often they're put on the back burner of my prayer life. Is that true for you? But Paul breaks out in prayer for them. He's celebrating what God is doing for them. And he's saying, I pray you continue in that. I pray that that not go away. And my morning walk often consists of praying for those that are lost. It's praying for those who are struggling spiritually, praying for the sick, praying for those that are hurting in some capacity. What about you? Is that true of you? Many of you are aware that we have a prayer, prayer chain, a text prayer chain. And if you want to be on that, we can get you on that. But the majority of time, what are our prayer requests? This circumstance has happened. This trial, this trouble, this uncertainty. Will you please pray for me? Will you please pray for my loved one, right? And that's okay. The cross paved the way for you and I to go to Jesus with those things. He wants us to come to him with those things. We know that to be true. And we've seen our God be merciful. We've seen him answer the prayers of saints again and again and praise his name for that. He's been good in that. Only God knows how you and I pray on a regular basis. And if we do find ourselves praying mostly in times of distress, and I'm sure we can all line up to that to a certain degree, the Bible would tell us not to stop. And I believe the Spirit would say through the Word of God that it's not wrong that we're doing those things, but that the Scripture would just say that our prayer life is incomplete, that it needs more, that there's room for growth. And as we've made clear, when it comes to you and I and our fellowship and communion and enjoying and sitting before the Lord, all of us have room to grow. A verse comes to mind here when I think about this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So Paul stresses the importance of us praying for each other regularly, constant, often, not just in trial, but also even when we're walking closely with the Lord or those around us are walking closely with the Lord. Notice in 1 Thessalonians the words he used, and there's that word again, all circumstances in all circumstances it's a good reminder and then in verse 9 after we read the words and so we get this phrase he says we have not ceased to pray for you 
we have not ceased to pray for her for you words we could just glance over i could just read right over those and say okay let's get to the bones of the passage let's get to what paul prayed for here let's get to these beautiful truths in here about what i can be praying for you and what you can be praying for me but i don't want to do that instead i want to look at this morning and i believe the lord wants us to look at this morning what does this continual prayer look like what does it look like to pray without ceasing and for me this another verse immediately comes to mind Ephesians 6 18 praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints and honestly, Paul's statement here that he hasn't ceased to pray, it excites me. That continual communion with God that Paul talks about having blows my mind. And I think to myself, what does this truly look like to pray without ceasing? Really and truly was Paul constantly in prayer? There's a movie that I often think about when I think about this. Rick shared this a couple weeks ago, and this funny movie comes to my mind, the movie Three Fugitives. Does anybody remember the movie Three Fugitives? Okay, probably not. Nick Nolte, Martin Short, a long time ago. But Nick Nolte gives Martin Short instructions, and he says, whatever you do, don't look up, because they're hiding. They're on the run from the police, okay? And so he continues to walk with his head down and runs into everything. And so I picture Paul that way. If he's praying all the time, does that mean he always has his head bowed and his eyes closed and he's running into everything? No, it doesn't, but that's how I think of it, okay? But however the scripture alludes to the fact that he was in a regular place of communion with God. He walked in a freedom while, while, while he fulfilled his lot here on earth on a regular basis we know from the scriptures this guy evangelized he shared Christ when his feet were put to the fire he shared Christ wherever he went he evangelized and shared Christ and what did he share he was not ashamed of sharing who he had become in Christ look guys I was once a hater of God. I was once a blasphemer. I was once a persecutor of Jesus, a persecutor of those that follow Jesus. But I want you to know that Christ in his mercy rescued me. Christ in his mercy died for me. Christ in his mercy called me. And so I glory in Christ at every turn. And I want you to know that. So by grace and grace alone, he was able to preach and live these words. He was able to preach and live the words of 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 7. How about this one? But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. I mean, come on. He wrote this epistle as Epaphras came to visit him. He wrote this epistle while on house arrest, his mindset was Christ, 
His attitude was Christ. His life was Christ. That defines the Apostle Paul. What about the life of Jesus? What did Jesus often do? He departed. He said, I'm leaving you guys for a while. You guys stay here to his disciples. And he departed to do what? To pray. To get alone with his heavenly Father. To be reminded of his purpose. To be reminded of the truths that he was called to walk in. The reason why he came. Mark 1.35 And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. The Lord made it a priority to regularly spend time with his heavenly Father. He made sure of it. It was of primary importance. I I'm going to get quiet with my God. Remember a few weeks ago, even though being God himself, he humbled himself. He put it aside. He walked as a man. Why? For you and for me to carry out his purpose here on earth. If Jesus modeled this for us, and he did, I'd say it's key to follow that example. To walk, to walk like he walked. Remember, kids, this morning we read in 1 John, what did the passage call us to do? To walk as Jesus walked. You guys with me? You remember that? 1 John, yes, Nelly, Ryan, Lacey, Ezra, you guys remember that? To walk as Jesus walked. Right, Xavier? To walk as Jesus Right? Right, Noah? Okay, yep. So at the very least, is essential that you and I set apart time each day with the Lord. There's no formula for this. This looks different to all of us, and that's okay. Some of you I know, who I talk to on a regular basis, you love to open your curtains on your patio and sit outside or sit inside if it's cold and just spend time watching what's around you as you talk with the Lord. That's good. Some of you, it's your morning drive. Some of you, it's waking up very, very early. Some of you, it's time at lunch. Some of you, it's a walk. Some of you, it's just fitting it in when you can because you've got lots of kids, right? It's, it's, all, it's whenever you can do it, and that's okay. And there's no formula here. But for me, it starts with just a time of dependency in prayer. And what does that look like? It's a time of confession. It's a time of revisiting scripture that God has shown me. It's a time to remember what God says he wants to change in me. Where is he pushing me to change? What scripture has he had on my heart this week? What again is he revisiting in my life? It's giving thanks. It's praising him for who he is. It's remembering and reflecting on and thanking him for this week. It's praying for the lost in my life. It's praying for you. And this is the hardest part for me. Finally, it's a time of being quiet before Him. In solitude. Listening. Practicing how to listen to Him. Sometimes He'll put things on my heart to pray for. 
Sometimes he'll take me to a scripture. Sometimes there'll be nothing. But it's just practicing. Sitting quiet before him. But I think it's true that our prayer life, it goes in ebbs and flows. One minute we're in the spirit. One minute we're in the flesh. One minute we're focused on ourselves. One minute we're Christ-centered. But here's the question that comes to mind. What brings a person to a place of constant prayer? How do we relate to Paul's words when he says, I have unceasingly, have not ceased to stop praying for you. So I just want to share two verses of many that could get us in this mindset. One I think you'll be familiar with. One you may have on a bookmark in your Bible. I bet, you have it, I bet you have it underlined in your Bible if you've had your Bible for any amount of time or you've certainly read it before, but stay with me on it. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. I encourage you to hone in on this part. The phrase, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. Okay? Second, Psalm 89, 15 and 16. Blessed are the people who know the festal shouts, who walk, O Lord, in the light of Your face, who exalt Your name all day and in Your righteousness are exalted. Hear, the words I encourage you to hone in on. Who walk, O Lord, in light of your face, who exalt in your name all the day. So acknowledge, walk in light of your face, and exalt in your name in all the day. So what does this tell us? The Lord desires that you and I acknowledge Him. That we seek His face. And the difficulty is found in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It tells us exactly what our problem is. You and I have a tendency to go to our natural mind. Or how does Proverbs 3, 5, 6 say it? Do not lean what? Do not Lean on your own understanding. I have a bent toward that. You have a bent toward that. The natural mind is what we lean to. It's where we go. Leaning on our own understanding. And instead of a dependent mindset on God, Lord, I need you, it's an independent one. I can do this. I got this. And this passage lays out what I believe is the key to continual prayer. What is that? To be mindful of the Lord no matter what the circumstance. That is so easy for me to say. That's easy for me to say. That's easy for you to say, yes, amen. To be mindful of the Lord no matter what the circumstance. I agree. I am supposed to be thinking of the Lord. You are supposed to be thinking of That's right. Okay, we can go home. But no, right? 
this includes when it comes to all things and when it comes to all people. Lord, I am aware of your presence. I know that you are with me. No matter what I'm doing or who I am with, I am yours. I belong to you. My identity is in you. I am with you and you are with me. You and I are constantly thinking. Many of you are thinking right now, right? You're constantly thinking. And much of that thinking occurs in the natural mind. It occurs in leaning on my own understanding. Just think about it. Think about it for the rest of the day today. You're thinking. Some of you are thinking right now, when is this sermon going to be over, right? Thinking. What am I going to do today? What am I going to eat? What time does the race start? Boy, I'm hungry. I bet he's about to wrap this up, right? Whatever you are thinking, the natural mind goes. I'm not picking on you. I do the exact same thing. That's what we do. We lean on our own understanding. And much of our thinking occurs in the natural mind. How I think is the driving force behind my emotions, behind my attitudes, behind my words, behind my actions, and etc., etc., etc. This is not groundbreaking stuff, and we all understand this, right? Here's the question. Practically, what does this look like? Where are boots on the ground for me? How can I take steps to getting to what Paul's talking about here? Prayer is a practiced mindset. It's a practiced mindset. And today, just like every other day, right now, today, we have ample opportunities to be mindful of the Lord. Ample. Again and again. In work, in leisure, in our time with others. Today there will be ample opportunities to be mindful of the Lord. So right now, in this moment, boots on the ground. Am I open to the truth that God is sharing with me? Do I see it as from Him? Right now, in your mind, are you including God? When you sang, were you thinking about God? Was the praise that it coming out of your lips, was it matching what was in your heart? Is that where you were at? Are you visualizing right now, acknowledging the Lord's presence, that He is with you? He is with me right now. I'm inviting you, Lord, here. I know you're here, but I'm acknowledging it. I'm surrendering to it. I want that, Lord, that you are here. Do I have that posture? Do I have a willingness right now to be honest before Him, to be vulnerable, to be transparent, to be laid bare? Is there any way today that you're speaking to my heart? What scriptures have you shown me in the past week? Where have you told me that you and I are going to work? Where is it that you're pushing me and I'm dragging my feet? I take my dog on walks and the whole time I'm just dragging, right? Where am I doing that with 
the Lord? Is he showing me that? Where do I need to be honest before him? Is there any way today that you are speaking to me, Lord? How can I receive that? What do you have for me? Where are you encouraging me? Where are you pushing me? Where are you asking me to change? What steps are you asking me to take this morning? What steps are you asking me to take this week? What plan do you and I need to figure out together? What steps do we need to take? And here's why we often miss him. We miss him because we make assumptions. We make assumptions. Why? Because we lean on our own understanding. We get in the natural mind. A verse like Proverbs 3, 5, 6, we've heard it many times, right? So a thought creeps in. I already know this scripture. I already know what this scripture says. I've heard this before. I've sat under this before. I know this. So we assume we already know what God is going to say. We assume we already know what God is going to do. So we have to be careful. Right now is my mindset, you are with me, God. I am trusting you. My desire is to walk with you. My desire is to glorify you, to grow in you. What are your plans today? Here's another opportunity. I bet all of you are going to eat in some capacity, right? Yes? Will you be connected with God? Will you practice the mindset of being connected with God? Will you have a grateful heart for what He's provided? The means that He's given you. The taste of the food. Enjoying the people around you. Will you think of Him? Will you enjoy Him? Will you praise Him? Will you honor Him? Will you acknowledge Him? Or here's one. Is anybody planning on doing cleaning today? Anybody planning on cleaning out their garage today? Planning on doing some mowing today? Planning on get, trying to knock out that list today and tomorrow, right? Well, here's one. Practice including Him and being mindful of Him and when you mow the lawn. It's not easy. Practice doing it when you wash the dishes. It's not easy. When you're cleaning out your garage, when you and your spouse are talking about what you're going to keep and what you're not going to keep, right? Include the Lord. But it's easy to wander back to the natural mind. It's easy to lean on my own understanding. I was in and out yesterday just mowing. Just mowing. And the Spirit points that out. Where are you at right now? Are you with me? No, Lord, I'm thinking about where I'm going to put this grass, where I'm going to hide this grass from my wife. That's what I'm thinking. All right, well, get back with me. Okay? Whatever it is, we're being mindful of the Lord. Paul was able to write and live out these words. We have not ceased to pray for you because he was constantly mindful of the Lord. What did he say? For me to live is what? Christ. And to die is gain. My life is Christ. I'm thinking about Christ. I want to know Christ. I'm pressing on toward Christ. Again, this is so easy for me to say. It's so easy for me to preach, but my goodness, everything in us goes against this. It does. And we have to understand one very important truth when it comes to being mindful of Jesus. It takes God. 
It takes God. It's the work of the Spirit. It's grace. It's His power made perfect in my weakness. It's, and when I'm in the flesh, and when I fail, and I will, I take that posture once more. I get back on the horse, and I say, I'm dependent upon you. I'm mindful of you. I'm acknowledging you. What are you teaching me? How can I get back with you? And you don't have to say it like I say it. You and God figure this out together. But here's the question. How are you going to get yourself in a place to be mindful of God? Because this is where Paul is. I acknowledge you. I need you now. And I need you every step that I take by faith. This is your work, Lord. I'm dependent upon you. So this is where Paul was. A place of saying, God, I acknowledge you. I see you in everything in my life. I see you with every person in my life. It's you that gives me these experiences. It's you that's opened my eyes to your word. It's you that has revealed to me who you are in your character. So what does that look like for you and I today? How can you and I practice the presence of the Lord, being mindful of the Lord, acknowledging the Lord? Again, it is so easy to say, but it is one of the most difficult things when it comes to this walk. Prayer is a practiced mindset. Prayer is a practiced mindset, and it takes grace. It takes the Lord doing it. The Lord has to do it in and through us. And here's my part. I have to surrender. I have to lay down those assumptions. I have to lay down leaning on my own understanding. When I do, I get right back with Him. But I don't want to just read over these passages anymore and say, well, Paul was constantly praying, yes, that's what I should do. No, the Lord wants to push me toward that. And the Lord wants to push you toward that for His glory and by His grace. So we have another opportunity. Because right now, we get to practice being mindful of the Lord in communion. We get to practice thinking and having an attitude of dependency on the Lord. So I just invite you right now to close your eyes with me. Father, we confess to you as your people that these could very easily just be words and they could very easily be snatched away that we could agree with this and say that's right and Father not take the steps that you're leading us to take. Father we know that naturally this is not what we're going to do. But we also know that the gospel is true. 
And we also know that you sent your spirit as you taught the kids this morning. That we have you living in us a deposit guaranteeing what is to come, that you are the helper. And so we ask you for that help. We ask you to help us to take a step today to be mindful of you. And our conversations to be mindful of you. Sometimes you'll give us words to say. Sometimes you'll call us to listen. But the important part is, is that we're mindful of you. We're thinking of you. We're acknowledging you. We're inviting you. Lord, will you help us with that? And right now with our eyes closed, God, and our hearts towards you, I pray. We come to your throne thanking you for dying for us. Thanking you for shedding your blood for us. Thanking you, God, for becoming sin for us. For taking the punishment and wrath that I deserved, God. And putting it on yourself. So Father, I pray that right now, as we come to your table together as your church, that God, we would just quiet, be quiet before you, listening to you, confessing to you, praising you, God. And Father, that we would leave this place with a rest in you, with a freedom in you, knowing, God, that what you did on the cross was enough. Knowing, Jesus, that as your word says that you are my propitiation. Thank you that if we've trusted you, we are justified in you. Thank you that if we've trusted you, that we've been bought back that the power of sin, Lord, and that struggle no longer has to reign in our life. Thank you, Lord, that we've been reconciled, that we've been brought near to you, God. Remind us of those truths. Remind us of those truths. Right now, show us what we need to confess to you. Show us where we've fallen short of your glory. Show us where we refuse to lay down idols. Show us, God, where sin is eating our lunch, God. And remind us, God, the truth that you took that and you want to free us from that, Jesus. So, Father, we take the next two minutes just quiet before you in your throne room, on your lap, Lord, coming to you and trusting in you, mindful of you, acknowledging you, and we do this in Jesus' name. I just encourage you to take the next few minutes, you and the Lord, to get your heart right. Confessing to the Lord. And then we'll take the bread and the cup together in a few minutes. Go ahead and take a moment to open... 
There's two openings, the bread's on the top, and then the cup is the next tab to pull. If you want to open your Bibles to Luke 22, that's where I'm at. Verses 14 to 23. I'll go ahead and read and lead us through it. Verse 14 of Luke 22. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup And when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they begin to question one another which of them it could be who was going to do this. So the Lord says, this is his blood, this cup poured out for us, the blood of the new covenant. As often as we do this, we do this in remembrance of him. I'll pray and then we're dismissed. Lord, the opportunity is there for us today. Ample opportunities to be mindful of you, to remember you, to celebrate you, to acknowledge you. Not only today, God, but this week. Father, would you help us take steps to do that as you've worked on our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Foundation Life Bible Church, located in Greenwood, Indiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Foundation Life Bible Church, please visit us online at www.foundationlbc.com.